Welcome to Jeff in Motion. Back on schedule edition. Um, one of the first things you'll notice about today's episode and yesterday's episode is that I've decided to change the uh, naming scheme for the episodes. Um, I've received several complaints that it was difficult to go back on previous episodes and find, like, particular episodes that they wanted to hear. So, I've actually started titling the episodes with something relevant rather than just the date it was recorded. Pardon me. Um, maybe someday I'll go back and rename the original 36-some episodes with pertinent titles, but I doubt it. Uh, Yeah, frankly, I doubt that will ever happen. So you'll just have to go by the episode descriptions for those first ones. Um, I guess on to the meat and potatoes of this episode. Uh... There was a pretty strong reaction to the cow episode. Um, I mean, not surprisingly, I suppose. It's a tragic story. Um, One thing I wasn't expecting was a semi-large effort among some fans to develop a plan to rescue Cal and um, they were adamant in not giving up on Cal. One thing that they did not factor in is I don't have infinite time and money to spend rescuing Cal a very tiny rubber cow that my daughter found somewhere in my house. Um, Some of the plans involved magnets, which would only work if Cal was not rubber and was metal. Also, the Cal, or the magnet would stick to the inside of the metal pole that Cal is stuck in. Other plans involved... Most... Most plans involved string. In some way. Um, Another plan involved... String... With... Tape... Or gum... Or some other sticky thing at the end. Um... Again... The tape... Or gum... Or sticky thing would more than likely stick to the edge of the pole far before it would get down to the bottom where Cal resides now. And uh, another one involved just a slipknot being tied, a quote-unquote weighted slipknot, because that's a thing. Apparently, 
And while I don't think um, the helpful people trying uh, realize just quite how small cow is, cow could stand on your pinky fingernail. Cow is very small. Its weight is negligible. If I were to even get a slipknot around cow, it would not have the weight to pull said slipknot tight enough to pick up cow. Um, and I found myself kind of becoming the bad guy in the situation by continually shooting down cow rescue plans. But... I mean, while some of them had a fraction of a hope to maybe succeed, I don't have all the time in the world to spend rescuing cow. Cow's all gone, guys. Cow is all gone. Probably my favorite plan was to fill the pole with water so cow would float to the top, then get flow, get cow out when he'd float to the top, and siphon the water back out of the pole. Not only is that really messy, I don't, I'm not sure cow floats. I don't know. And, uh, guys, cow's not that important. Morgan will get over cow. <laughs> but it was almost adorable the sheer amount of fervor with which a select group of people were desperately trying to devise a cow rescue plan. Part two of this three-part cow, f- cow sequel episode is, um, f- okay, part one was the cow rescue pr- plan, part two is the cow aftermath, and part three is the cow origin story. So we're going to move on to part two of this three-parter cow sequel episode. Aftermath. I told you that I had ordered some replacement cows. Um, we did fortunately choose the correct size cows. Um, now these cows are not rubber, they're plastic, so they're more brittle. So, uh, we've already broken the leg off of replacement cow number one, um, but that does not seem to affect Morgan's affection for it. Um, I was not there when Aislinn presented Morgan with the replacement cow number one. Um, it doesn't look exactly the same, and I do think Morgan was able to tell. Um, she is happy 
about the new, excuse me, about the new cow. And the pack we got had four adult tiny cows and two baby tiny cows. So Aislinn gave Morgan cow and baby cow and she was enamored with them. Um, not quite the fervor she had for cow, but new cow number one, um, it was kind of like diet cow, you know, like diet coke. It kind of tastes like coke, but you know it's not coke. So diet cow number one, um, it's kind of like cow, but you know it's not cow. So, Morgan loves diet cow number one and baby cow number one. Diet baby cow number one. But her attachment isn't as tight as it was with cow. So, already we've had several crises involving losing diet cow number one and Diet baby cow number one. So, that's fun. Morgan will, for you know, lose interest, leave diet cow number one or diet baby cow number one somewhere, realize it, and then just go cow, cow, baby cow, cow, cow. Not with any sadness, just like, oh, I wonder where cow is. And then Asa and I are charged with finding diet cow number one or diet baby cow number one. Which, I mean, they're fucking minuscule. They're so tiny. I could swallow these things. Um, so good Morgan, and I'm surprised that hasn't happened. But now these tiny, hard plastic diet cows are kind of working their way to hiding all over our house. Um, To my knowledge, we have not unleashed diet cow number two, diet cow number three, diet cow number four, or diet baby cow number two yet. Um, But it's an inevitability. And now these little fuckers um, like to hide on our living room floor like a goddamn Lego waiting for you to step on them with your bare feet and their tiny hard plastic cow bodies um, send an incredible amount of pain right up your spine to your brain and make you die a little. So there's that. Now we have these diet cow landmines in our house. So, the aftermath of Calpocalypse 2013 is a bunch of diet cow landmines strewn about my house. Uh, cow trops, so to speak. Um, for those of you that got that, I applaud you. 
So we, we've covered the rescue effort, the aftermath, and now the origin of cow. A very interesting piece of information I discovered um, from the fan reaction to the cow episode was a pretty probable source of the origin of cow. I have talked about Mike Carpenter quite a bit here and there on this podcast, on other podcasts I've been on. He's a good, good friend of mine and fellow podcaster and uh, ex-roommate. Not ex for any, you know, disdain between the two of us, just we ended up not living with each other because that's what adults do eventually is they have not roommates but wives and children. And um, I learned a little something about Mr. Carpenter. And that is, he likes to have a little totem, so to speak, in his pocket at all times. Something for him to fiddle with, um, with his hands to, you know, get out that extra twitch. I do it with my keys all the time. It's actually a pretty genius idea to have just a little something to play with in your pocket at any given point. Um, and I, and that, that was something I did not know about Mike Carpenter. Um, currently, I don't know if he'll be okay with me giving out his secret, but his totem currently is a tiny blue marble. So that's interesting. But apparently, at one point in time... Mike Carpenter had a very tiny cow and a very tiny pig that were his totems, his spirit animals that he kept in his pocket just to fiddle with when he got edgy. And the cow and pig were of an appropriate size to fit the description of cow. And incidentally, Mike Carpenter... The room that used to be his room is the room that is currently our office and the room that Cal was found in. Now, we cannot confirm or deny that the cow that used to reside in Michael Carpenter's pocket to ease his nerves is the same cow. But that's an awful lot of coincidence for me to just ignore. So I'm going to believe that Cow was a far more adventurous Cow than we originally knew. Cow lived a life, an exciting life, before... Cal became Morgan's best friend. Cal was the totem, the spirit animal of a very interesting man, Mike Carpenter. Easily 
one of the most interesting people I know. Cal went through... Also, was resided in my house during the party phases, I can assume. So, Cal has seen a lot of shit, ladies and gentlemen. Cal was seeing people fucking drunk and high out of their minds. Cal has seen gross people having sex on the carpet. Cal has seen, I'm sure, countless horrifying videos on the internet. Or at least heard while residing in Michael Carpenter's pockets. Carpenter is a connoisseur of many interesting and to many people disturbing things. To him, simply fascinating. So Cal has been around. Cal has seen a lot of shit. Cal's party. Cal's been out it at night tagging local bridges and buildings. Cal has been to Denny's at 4 a.m. in the smoker's lounge. Cal has probably been to a strip club or two. Cal has probably resided in a pants pocket during uh, that with in a pants pocket that's been sitting on the floor during sexual escapades of varied natures. This was no innocent cow. This was a cow that had seen the world. This was a cow that had seen more than many people see in their lifetimes. This cow was witness to probably some of the most interesting, enlightening, terrifying conversations you've ever heard or not heard. Cal heard arguments. Cal heard jokes. Cal heard songs sung. Cal was there through karaoke. Countless bars. Numerous towns. Hell, come may most likely made it out of Pennsylvania a couple times. And then Cal got lost. Some time, maybe before Mike Carpenter moved, maybe after. I don't know. Um, Carpenter's room was not the most organized, so Cal could have easily fallen from his comfortable home in Mike Carpenter's pocket, been separated from his lifelong partner in crime, Pig, and lost for what could have been eternity. Our house is old. There, he could have ended up in a wall. He could have ended up anywhere. Could have ended up thrown away. But no. Michael Carpenter's spirit animal, totem cow, 
ended up in a little drawer in my desk. After God knows how long of maybe sitting in a corner under a piece of furniture, who knows? Asa and I don't remember finding him. We just know that he was in a little turnstile in my desk. For literally years. Cal sat in silence, in darkness. And now, for a very short period of time, Cal became a little girl's eternal companion, totem, spirit animal. I don't know if any of the... I don't believe in such things as energies and chakras and things like that. But it's not too hard to stretch the mind to believe in such things and think there was a lot of energy placed in Cal. Cal observed and experienced many, many things. There was a part of my carpenter in Cal. And then, I don't know why, but my daughter was also instantly, well, not instantly, but eventually, completely tied to Cal. Cal went everywhere with her. Cal saw bath times. Cal shared pancakes. Cal played with rubber dinosaurs. Cal shared... uh, I said bedtimes, didn't I? Cal visited my parents, her grandparents. Cal went swimming. Cal watched Ice Age on DVD. Cal watched Finding Nemo. Cal shared a short month with my daughter, not residing in her pocket, but residing in the palm of her little hand. Something about Cal fixated her. Maybe Maybe there was an energy to Cal. Maybe the sheer amount of things that Cal experienced added a gravity to Cal that enamored this little girl. And I'm not going to go as far as to say that it could corrupt her innocence or anything, but she knew Cal was important. She knew Cal was more than just Cal. Cal was a totem, something used to calm a large, very interesting, very unique man down when he was nervous. Cal had meaning. And I don't 
mean to give any deeper spiritual significance to Cal. But Cal has a very interesting story. And if you're looking for meaning, you can find it there. I don't think any deeper meaning really resides there. It's a cosmic coincidence. Like all things. But if you're looking for meaning in coincidences, maybe there's one. It would explain how hard it was for Morgan to get over Cal. Diet Cal, number one, doesn't have that life experience. Diet Cal went through a factory, got put in a shrink wrap or a shrink wrap package with a couple other Diet Cows and sat in a warehouse until I ordered it to replace Cal. And now Cal lives in the support post in the bottom, in the basement of my house. A time capsule, if you will. All of Cal's life experience will be part of the foundation of my house until my house is no more and maybe longer. Cow is not biodegradable. Who knows how long cow will exist at the bottom of the support pole in what could be my basement. Cow won't get thrown away. Cow won't get eaten by a pet. Cow will exist forever. We know exactly where cow is. It's a lonely life. Cow will always be there. Cow is eternal now. We can always... Every time I go into the basement, I'm going to look at that support post and know that there is a very tiny cow down there that was the companion to two similar and opposite people. A gigantic man living life to the fullest, experiencing everything he can with, one could say, childlike wonder. And a tiny girl who literally experienced life with childlike wonder and in the least insulting way possible my carpenter and my daughter share a lot of qualities a zeal for life a a a habit of arguing a knowing the way things are and always being right
a bottomless well of energy sometimes and a crash of sleepiness other times. Neither of them need to shower that often to not stink. They don't tend to stink. And I care for both of them very much. I'm not going to wipe my carpenter's ass anytime soon. But you get what I'm saying. And who knows? Maybe an opportunity to rescue Cal will present itself. Maybe I'll get a wild hair up my ass and fill a support pole in my basement with water. Not likely. But maybe, just maybe, we'll find another support pole that we can do a swap and get Cal. And if I ever do get Cal back, it'll probably be long over, long past the time that Morgan remembers Cal or is interested in Cal. But I might hold on to Cal. I might put Cal in my pocket. Let Cal experience some of my life. Touch cow when I'm nervous, when I'm anxious. Know that cow has lived a life that no tiny cow ever expected. A tiny cow has seen some shit. Good, bad. For some reason, that tiny cow has been very important to two very important people to me. And I'm obviously adding a little gravity to this to make it a better story. I don't know how deeply Mike Carpenter cared for cow, but I like to pretend. I like to pretend that Cow has some deeper significance, even though I know he doesn't. But what's more interesting? There's a tiny rubber cow in a support bowl in my basement, or Cow is eternal, Cow is forever, Cow is joy, Cow is sorrow. Honestly, I think the second thing's more interesting.
wonder where Mike Carpenter got Cal. Maybe he bought Cal at a store. Or maybe he found Cal. Maybe my daughter is just the end of a long line of owners of Cal. Maybe Cal's story is far longer and more interesting than even I know. Cal is a cow of mystery. There's a good title for this episode. <laughs> Cow of Mystery. Although I still think I'm going to go with my original title idea. Cow, colon, aftermath and origins. Oh, cow. Who'd have thought that you would be the subject of close to two hours of conversation a man by himself in his car. The world's a weird place. People are weird, you know? And wonderful. Weird and wonderful. And awful. And horrible. And great. For every story of children being murdered in Egypt, there's a story like Cow, which is tragic, but mildly uplifting. It helps you believe in things like fate and chakras and energies and deities and religions and things like that. Coincidences light up very specific parts of your brain. It's a good feeling. Believing that Cal has special energies imbued upon him via the time spent with my carpenter and my daughter. That's easy to do. That's really easy to do. It's almost, it's human nature to assign special properties to objects and concepts 
that don't logically have those things. I mean, how hard is it to make the jump from you pray for rain and it rains? Obviously, something that was magical. Uh, Some person in the sky heard me and answered my prayer. It was just coincidence. What about all the other times you prayed for rain and it didn't happen? You know? I'd like to live in a world where magic is real. Where... There's someone in the sky looking out for me. A sky cow, if you will. Something I can look to for comfort when I'm anxious. Something I know is always with me. During bath time, when I eat pancakes. When I'm watching Finding Nemo. When I'm swimming. But once you stop believing in your cow, it's kind of tough, you know? It's tough to go back without proof. Man, I'd love to be religious again. Simply for the peace of mind. To believe I'm going to a special place because I dotted my I's and crossed my T's. To believe I have a set of rules to follow and if I don't break them, I get rewarded. To be able to pray and feel relieved that someone's listening. That would be great. But once the faith is gone, it's gone. I can't just choose to believe again. My cow is all gone. And it's not like cow, real cow. God isn't in the bottom of a support beam in my house. It's like I had a cow that I never was sure was actually there. And then slowly I realized, oh, my cow's just in my head. I can't get my cow back. really sad about it. I just know that having that, allowing that 
delusion of safety of it just it, there's just so much peace of mind I could shortcut to by having faith wouldn't need to worry about shit I'd believe someone's looking out for me you know some super I know I have people looking out for me I've got my family I've got my wife who's part of my family but you know what I mean got my friends but I mean religious people have all that plus their own cow you know I don't long to regain my faith, but I can admit to myself that it would be great if I had it again. Life's a lot simpler when you can rely on your faith. It's an easy answer to every question. You've got a fucking handbook for life that was written thousands of years ago by people. So, there's that. But losing my faith has had its benefits. I feel like the master of my own fate you know I'm where I am because of me good and bad I got myself in this debt wasn't the government that did it to me I signed every paper for student loans you know even though I didn't quite conceptualize what I was doing I was aware, basically, of what it was. But I mean, it wasn't some sky cow leading my hand. I got myself in the shitty situations I'm in, but I also got myself in the great things, the things I'm proud of. That was all me, with help from people I've gathered, my wife, my friends. Nobody made my friends for me. Nobody got me married other than me and my wife, obviously. It's a partnership. Nobody... No magic got me through where I am. I did. With the help of people I've you know, met and befriended. And that's powerful. 
in both good and bad ways. You know? No one to blame but yourself. No one to thank but yourself. And obviously the people, the other humans that helped. I'd honestly be nothing if it weren't for my wife, but I've been told that I need to quit blowing her so much on this podcast. Whatever. It's my goddamn podcast. I'll do what I want. My throat is very dry. I apologize if I, uh, I'm getting a little quiet compared to the road noise. Not sure how this ended up going down this road. I didn't have any plan to go here. I had three bullet points. Cow rescue, cow aftermath, cow origin. There was no fourth obscure cow is to God as God is to whatever analogy. That just happened. I don't know, maybe that shit's just been on my mind subconsciously. My brain made a coincidence, made a association. kind of portrayed my worldview as bleak. I don't think it is that. I can admit to myself that being religious again would shortcut a lot of things that lead to like a a faux self-actualization. But I genuinely feel that the world is far more mystical and magical without faith. The sheer cosmic coincidence that we all exist is incredible and beautiful. And it was without a cow. It just happened. That's astounding when you really think about it. And I could really get into the deepness of, you know, star dust, and we're all made out of star stuff, and how incredible is it that we've built houses and things like that, but I'll. I'd risk sounding like a massive stoner. You all get it. 
it's magical and incredible we exist at all. But we can explain it. Most of it. We don't need a, a cow in the sky to have created it. But it is beautiful, and I think it's more important, you know? Fucking god damn it is nature and life so worth protecting. Your fellow man, all that bullshit, so much more important if you don't have faith. Because it's just us. There's no cow in the sky to answer our prayers to go to when we're sad people pray to that cow they hold on to that cow for dear fucking life the cow's not there the cow's all gone so you've got to hold on to your fellow people No sky cow got me where I am. The people around me did. In paired with my own willpower. And if more people had faith in each other than in some sky cow, you know, think about it. Religion teaches, you know, think about other people. But it really reinforces, think about yourself. Get all your ducks in a row. Make sure that you are cool to other people. So they'll be cool to you. Make sure you don't do this. Make sure you do that. It's a very individual, centralized idealism. You gotta make sure all your fucking ducks are in a row. So you can get... So you can get go to heaven. You can get your, your sky cake. When you die. Which is forever, by the way. No, no. Eternity. Forever. Compared to, like, the hundred or so years you're on this earth it's nothing fuck it who cares about the environment other people they're only a blink in the eternity that is your existence focus on you make sure you get on the good half of that eternity you don't want the bad half trust us Ookie ookie spooky. But without that, it's like, what do we got? We got each other. We got the planet we live on. You know, it's hippy dippy, super liberal bullshit, but 
Maybe it's not bullshit. Maybe. You know? That's the weekend. I know I only worked two days this week, but still glad it's the weekend. You guys have a good weekend. Try and appreciate what you got, because it's all you got. Do me a favor and, you know, appreciate a friend or a family member this weekend. You don't have to tell them. Just think about them. And really appreciate what they mean to you and how they've helped you. I'll be thinking about my wife. This has been Jeff in Motion.